This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com. J.J. Watt in the backfield. J.J. Watt, baby. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. Let's see here, looking out the window here at Cardinals Underground Incorporated. It's a very cloudy day in the skies above Cardinals headquarters. But inside HQ in the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, guess what? The clouds have parted, have they not? (laughs) Envelope, please. There we go. (laughs) Danny Sarek, you do the honors coming off all the award shows and the, you know, hoopla and the gala that was Super Bowl week and the fact that you didn't speak it into existence, but apparently you dreamt it into existence, the fact that we have a head coach officially named, a name that has not come up to date on Cardinals Underground. So I don't know if uh, there were betting odds, Paulie prop bet over here. I don't know what the – but guess what? Out of nowhere, the Cardinals have their next head coach. Although when we go through all this, you're going to realize, you know what, it was in the works all along. We were just on the outside looking in in terms of the knowledge and information. That's right, Paul, on – Tuesday, Valentine's Day, the Cardinals made it official and they hired former Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. So it makes sense when we heard owner Michael Bidwell last week say that they were taking their time, they wanted to get things right. Well, it turns out you have to take your time because the right coach for the team was busy coaching the Super Bowl. And you're right, I did dream this into existence because I woke up in the middle of the night this morning turned out to be 5:30 because my phone was on sleep mode which means I it doesn't go off if somebody texts me whatever in the middle of the night and so I woke up something happened in my dream and I woke up quickly going through my phone because I thought I had missed an email from our public relations department about a press conference and new head coach and then I realized there was nothing on my phone so I went back to sleep Lo and behold, I was just a few hours early in checking my phone. And all I could think of is my alarm went off at 530 because I get up at 530 and you're calling it the middle of the night. <laughs> yes. A, is that a flex, Danny? You, you can. You, we need a ruling on that. Was that a flex by Darren that he gets up at 530? No, the, know, real flex feels, is, uh, the real flex is Craig Grealu who gets up at like three in the morning. No, come on. Yeah. He gets well, up he, at, like he legitimately he gets at, four. at a crazy time. I know that legitimately I, I, I get up and I'll text him something that I'm. it's on my mind and he responds right away. And I'm like... What's he doing? He doesn't do morning radio. What's he doing? I think he, he goes for a walk or something. I don't know. But goes for that's a why walk. that's why I get up early. Is, Maybe I'm wrong. Oh he boy. gets up early. Though. Some exercise. But lo and behold, yeah. we have a new head coach. New head coach. Very exciting. And Darren, uh, you tell us if we go to azcardinals.com. Uh, tell us a little bit about the timeline, how it came to be, and I have a few questions because there's a few nuggets in there, a few factoids, some uh, some some things that you revealed in the story that I'm curious about. But take us through some of the basics. Well, I mean, I, I will say this: you know, we we talked, we did mention last week that who knows, maybe they're going to look at a Super Bowl coach. That turned out to be a fact. I want to credit Albert Breer for Sports Illustrated, who had raised something. Uh, earlier this week that uh, when Monty Austin Fort was still with the Titans, but thinking, hey, maybe at some point I'll get a GM job, he, like 
he should have kind of got a ready list of guys he might want to interview as a head coach candidate, assuming if he came in as a GM, he'd also have to replace a coach. And Jonathan Gannon was on that list. And uh, it's become clear uh, after uh, hearing a couple quotes from Michael Bidwell and Monty Ford about this that Michael Bidwell said it himself. He's like, this has been in the works for a while in terms of him on the radar. Now, what Breer pointed out was that by the time the Cardinals hired Monty Ossenfort, the window had closed for first interviews for playoff coaches. So he wanted to talk to Gannon, but Gannon was off limits until the Eagles were done, and that wasn't until after the Super Bowl. So that's one of the reasons this took so long, but given the circumstances, uh, it does seem pretty clear that he was a guy that they were very interested in, and uh, having seen, I, w- I didn't have a chance to actually talk to Jonathan Gannon when he, he was in the building. He has flown back uh, to retrieve his family in Philadelphia before the press conference. But what I have seen of him, um, this is a up-tempo man. He is, he, he's going to be loud. Uh, he's going to be, I, I saw him when he first got a chance to say hello to Kyle, Kyler Murray, and it was brief. And Kyler Murray is in the building, by the way. I saw him yesterday when I walked in. That's one of the nuggets I was going to ask about. Okay. Um, yeah. But, uh, and, and so he's already briefly met with Kyler and they had the nice bro hug moment and all that stuff. So um, we're off and running here. Um, so that's a, that's a good thing. We can get back, we'll get yeah. back to Kyler in yeah. a bit. Well, and here's the thing Monty called him in your story, azcardinals.com, quote, a natural leader, a charisma to him. There have been other quotes that have said he possesses the it factor. So what I think of is is all this discussion we've had for the last month plus, right? And, and guys who have played the game for a long time, like Drew Stanton on some of our broadcasts, you can be the best coordinator in the world with the X's and O's. Are you a leader of players? Are you a leader within the organization? Can you command the room? And I'll tell you, when you look at him, he's 40 years of age, he looks closer to 30. So... Probably the best thing that I've heard so far, and obviously we haven't even heard from Jonathan Gannon himself, is the fact that he's that guy in front of the room, that he can provide that sort of leadership and that he is a natural leader, that he has that it factor. In fact, that was one of Albert Breer's reports that he said that Gannon, quote, quietly has been a front runner the moment Monty Ossenfort got the GM job and that Monty sees Jonathan Gannon as, quote, having that it factor necessary to be a head coach. Well, that would make sense of the word we had heard the last five weeks throughout this coaching search from both Michael Bidwell and Monty Ford is accountability. So I would imagine that's a pretty big characteristic trait that they were looking for and that they see and like in Jonathan Gannon. And you could even see it. I feel like you could sense it in the, the selfie video that Gannon took that was on our Twitter at AZ Cardinals. The excitement of just saying, like, he literally said, buckle up. Like, it's going to be fun. Like, let's go. Let's get to work. And you can feel that energy, that intensity, that, you know, that excitement from him, even in that. I read a story. There's a great story uh, that was just written uh, last week uh, by Mary Kay Cabot of uh, the Cleveland Plain Dealer. That's the area from where. Uh, I highly recommend Gannis that as well. Front. Really it's a well great done. story. But, I mean, this is a guy who was trending. He was a all everything athlete in high school and he was trending to get a nice scholarship and he injuries kind of delay uh, derailed his athletic career but I mean that's where he, mean, he was on scholarship at Louisville was yeah. his freshman year he had a Bo Jackson hip injury severe hip injury yeah. couldn't play again so I mean this is a guy that's can be intense and he and he and he's a competitor and 
again, with the high energy, I, I think that's something uh, we're all, you know, we're all looking forward to seeing. Look, Cliff Kingsbury was Cliff Kingsbury. But when you talk about going opposite, we're talking about Cliff, who was very, uh, he stayed very steady and he believed in, in, you know, not getting super emotional, especially off the field. I mean, he, we clearly saw he had some moments on the field when he was mic'd up or when the cameras were on him. Um, but he, he stayed a little bit more steady. This guy seems like he's going to be a little bit more emotional about things. And, um, and, and obviously defense offense. And, you know, I, I know I've talked to Wolf about this. We talked about it briefly on the Bigger Red Rage a few weeks ago that I, I feel like almost tangibly a defensive coach is going to be a little bit more in your face than an offensive guy. An offensive guy oftentimes feels a little bit more analytical more strategical, if you will, whereas there's a little bit more emotion to the defensive side of the ball in football. So I think there's a little of that too. Is strategical a word? No, probably not. Why, why'd you got to call me on that? I'm sorry. Can no. we cut that out, Elmo? No, don't cut that out. <laughs> I'm out here for the world, warts and all, baby. I got a word for you. Uh, bleeping. Uh, did you see the video? If you go ahead and you, you search up Jonathan Gannon on social media, and there's a video taken by the fan it was the practice week leading up to the NFC Championship. There's tons of traffic somewhere outside the Eagles practice facility. And the cops are making way and bringing Jonathan Gannon through. And basically, you know, I'm a car guy. So just based on the vehicle he's driving, which is like this armored vehicle. I don't know, it's like a Hummer or something. It's this massive vehicle. And the fans somehow knew it was Gannon. It was him. And he rolls down the window, unbeknownst to him, they were actually recording on a cell phone. And if you watch the video, he yells out, trying to pump up all these fans, because they're going, yeah, let's go. He rolls it down, and he says, quote, we're going to bleeping gut these guys. Oh. And he smiles, and up comes the window. Yeah, I definitely didn't know he was recording. Although, in that circumstance, how do you not think that somebody is recording it? Yeah, that's true. I, I think that was good preparation for being a head coach. <laughs> You're always on camera. Put it yes, that way. You true. have to remember that. So, But it is, the window goes down. And it was a window into his personality, if you will. To Darren's point, he is going to be, I think, much more hyper-aggressive, much more vocal. Look at the way he ran his defense. And so, now, here's my other thing. I'm just going to surmise. You talk about Eagles fans, then we'll move on. He also told a story, Super Bowl media night. One of the beat writers asked him, and Nick Sirianni had mentioned this as well, not all Eagles fans all season long were on board with Jonathan Gannon. Now, we know it's the toughest town in America when it comes to fans and how demanding they are. And we know what happened in the second half of the Super Bowl. But this is before Super Bowl 57. There was a certain percentage of the fans who weren't on board. And he told, in response to a beat writer's question about why that was, what's going on? You've got a record-setting top-ranked defense. And he said he went into a restaurant not too long ago with his wife and his young kids. And this is him now, quote, I started getting dog cussed. And I was like, I turned to my wife. I said, well, that's something. We've won five games in a row. And he sort of laughed it off. But I wonder, here's my thought bubble. Are you sure he wasn't looking forward to getting out of Philadelphia? Honestly, if that was the climate, considering the season they just turned in, I think he's looking forward to a little sunshine in more ways than one. Oh, absolutely. I would imagine opened up his mind more so maybe than if he had been in other places of the opportunity of becoming a head coach right maybe being out here the last week the Eagles practicing out of the Cardinals facility he liked he liked what he saw he liked That's the weather hurt. yeah right maybe got a good feel for the building 
Um, maybe good feel for State Farm Stadium despite losing in the Super Bowl, but still nonetheless. I mean, he was a Cardinal once, Louisville. That's true. Cardinal to Cardinal. Uh, although it's funny when you say maybe got a feel for the building because, and this is, well, I'm, I'm sure at some point we will see some of the, the clip, but when he, he was, when he got a chance to say hi to Kyler, he didn't know Kyler was in the building. And he was literally about to leave the building with his bags in his hands with owner Michael Bidwell. And uh, somebody said, hey, do you want to say hi to Kyler? He's in the training room or the weight room or something like that. And you could see him turn around on this video and he's like, wait, Kyler's here? And he's like, yeah. So he literally puts his bags down and there's a camera following him around. He didn't just walk back over. He starts jogging back to the point where like the camera guys are having to like try and catch up with him. But he takes... And well, you guys know this, those out there in the listening audience aren't going to understand this. But when you come down the hallway through the cafeteria by the door where he was going to leave, when you come back the other way, you head back towards the weight room and there's almost like a wall. You can make a left kind of in the weight room or you make a right by the Tillman. Darren, you don't have to tell me about the weight room, obviously. Obviously. Uh, Or you can make a right by the Tillman locker and then kind of and it's kind of like squared off. You can get to either side, but he went left. And kind of disappeared, and then somebody said, "No, no, he's it's it's around this way." So he like kind of came back around the other way, and That's funny. eventually found yeah. his quarterback. So okay, now this is reading a lot into a little a little snippet, but he was being interviewed at a very advanced point in the process, correct? And he had yet to talk to Kyler Murray. So for anyone who's thinking Kyler had some sort of say in this process, that would seem to indicate otherwise. No, look, I, I think the circumstances were always what they were going to be with Kyler, which was, look, we want to loop him in the best we can, but we're going to make the right decision for this team. We certainly want to make sure he knows what's going on. My guess is, again, going back to the – so I um, – the building was somewhat empty yesterday. I mean, a few of us were here. But there was a lot of people that took the day off because it was a very long week last week. And there was a lot of people in this building that worked through Saturday and Sunday. So they got a, a very a rightful day off. But it was somewhat empty in here. But I came in and I, I, I got to the building. I, I forget what time it was, maybe 930 yesterday morning. And I walked in that same door that I was just talking about that, uh, that Gannon was about to leave. And right inside the door, there's Kyler Murray, which I wasn't expecting. I mean, he hadn't been here up until then, um, but he is clearly now that he was here yesterday and today, it seems like he's around now. And uh, I said, hi to him. How you doing? He said, I'm doing good. Hi, Darren. How, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. I mean, it's not like we had a long conversation, but it was good that he was here. So if he was here yesterday, obviously he hadn't had a chance to meet with Jonathan Gannon yet, but there was other people in the building yesterday that could have, that you know, knew Kyler were around, was around too. So maybe Michael yeah. touches base with him. Maybe Monty touches base with him. So I, I'm guessing he had an idea. But again, the I, the thought process always was these guys have to hire who's best for the team. And it's important to let Kyler know what's going on. But he was not going to be make, a decision maker in this. Well, let's make it clear. Paul and I were also in the building. Oh, yes. I do. Well, I did say uh, those of I, us. I mean, it is interesting. I, I think. Although I'm not on a first-name basis with Kyler, I don't think. Anyway, <laughs> that's two flexes by Darren, and as if we're keeping score. I wasn't going to not say that. I, I do wonder, though, of 
Kyler Murray being here and we had heard weeks ago owner Michael Bidwell saying that he hoped Kyler would do his rehab out here in Arizona as opposed to back home in Dallas where he had the surgery done. I don't know that Kyler Murray being out here the last two days solidifies he's doing his rehab out here. No. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm no, sure yeah, he's just yeah. out here for the Super Bowl. It is good timing that he was out here when the new head coach was walking in the building. That's that's pretty serendipitous, um, but we'll see, Damn, I guess. that's a good word. Better than strategical? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There we go. I got him. <laughs> okay. So, Dar- Darren Bingo. <laughs> so there's there's two bleeping right so far. Uh, there was the Gannon quote to fans out his window, and then there's Darren on his own podcast. <laughs> I charge $10 per yeah, bleep. So there you I, go. I say we just leave it yeah, in. Yeah, just leave it in at this point. I'm sorry, Darren. Uh, you know. Uh, so here's the quote. You didn't say it. <laughs> To Darren from owner Michael Bidwell in azcardinals.com, the story, quote, we've been looking at Jonathan for a while. I know Jonathan and Monty had spoken last year. Monty was pretty fired up about him. I got a chance to watch some videos about Jonathan and got a feel for his personality. When he came in Monday and put together his vision, his plan, it really seemed like it stood out. We had tremendous candidates, but he stood out in terms of his energy and also what his plan is. Every time he has been in a position to lead, he has excelled. I thought that was a money quote right there. Because when you're trying to decipher, okay, which one of these first-time head coaches truly has the makings and the DNA of a head coach, because it's different than an assistant coach, then if you have a proven track record of being that sort of leader at every step of the way, and with Nick Sirianni being an offensive head coach, correct? Yeah. Then, boom, you had Jonathan Gannon, who probably had a little more control of the defense than if, for example, there would have been a defensive head coach. So uh, all of those things combined, along with even even some of the anecdotal stuff, some of the national broadcasters, Ross Tucker, who does a lot, who's an analyst, a lot of the national NFL radio, mm-hmm. he said in the production meetings he'd been in, as soon he said within minutes of his first production meeting with Jonathan Gannon, his reaction was, "Oh yeah, this guy's going to be a head coach sometime soon." I didn't see that. That's nice. It's good to hear. It it feels we had kind of talked about this, I believe, on our podcast last week before the Super Bowl. And we were talking about Darren, you brought up the point more so with Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator for the Giants, of was that kind of what they had envisioned when the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury, with the exception that Kafka already has that NFL experience. And that's still kind of what it feels like with Jonathan Gannon is he's only forty years old. He's very young, first time head coach, but has significant NFL experience he had been an assistant he's been a scout he's been quality control DB's coach defensive coordinator so I I think that still kind of applies to an extent even though you're hiring Jonathan Gannon a defensive-minded coach what is interesting to me and I know that this is a popular topic every year when coaching searches are going on and I I don't know that I personally have an answer for a better system it is interesting that the Cardinals have, at least GM Monty Awesomefort, has clearly been interested in talking with Jonathan Gannon. And you haven't been able to because you mentioned Darren by the time Awesomefort was hired, you'd already missed that window. And so you had to wait until that coach was done coaching, which for Gannon meant through the Super Bowl. And that's not to say that the Cardinals weren't seriously considering the other candidates they right. talked to in that time. It's just a really interesting dynamic of those other candidates and if you like those those candidates the Cardinals that you're talking to but you still want to talk to Gannon and you're having to wait and those other like the Brian Flores situation who went to become the DC 
with the Minnesota Vikings of having to make that decision of do I stick it out because I think this team is going to hire me? Do I go somewhere else? It's just interesting that both parties had to wait and you're still having to conduct searches. Yeah. Right. While still thinking your guy is out there. There's a lot that goes into this. I mean, am I going to sit here and say Jonathan Gannon when they fired Cliff Kingsbury was the guy that they thought they were going to end up with as their head coach? No, I don't think that. Um, and, and obviously some things changed. It was Monty's the one that had a little bit of a relationship with Jonathan Gannon. And obviously he didn't get hired until a week after the season. So there was that early time when things were starting to get formulated. But, you know, I'm, there were other coaches that had it worked out. I think they would have tried to hire for whatever reason. And you're, you're at this place now. I, I, I know there's going, there's, 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 fr- there's been frustration that it took as long as it did. Um, I know there's fans that don't care about the idea that, okay, so you hired a Super Bowl coach. That makes it okay to wait. They're, they're not okay with it. I, I understand all that. I, I know that Nick Cerrone was I, – I had heard for some, uh, about, from some Philadelphia people, Nick Cerrone was like the 13th guy the Eagles looked at when mm-hmm. they were going through that. Co- and that turned out pretty well. Yeah. You know, obviously the Bruce Arians thing turned out well, and he was – one, the last guy that the Cardinals talked to out of many that year. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Jonathan Gannon. He may not work out, but he might, and you don't know. Well, that's the thing is at least as a Cardinals fan, you have hope, right? I mean, you have well, I don't want to speak for Cardinals fans okay, because some of them sh- act like they don't. Okay, well, hope is there if you would like to grab it because you have this new regime. You have a new general manager. You have a new head coach. Clearly, they are – trying to change things up. Michael Bidwell is trying to change things up by bringing in somebody outside in Monty Fort as your new general manager, somebody outside as your new head coach, switching things up to being defensive-minded with your new head coach. So clearly they are trying to make changes. Now you're right. Sometimes that you start out hot. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it's not always the right fit. You won't know, obviously. Time, time will only tell. But I do think that there is plenty of reason with, with those topics, with having the third draft pick, I, I think there is enough reason to have hope that the Cardinals can turn things around from the season that they're coming off of. And look, I would say that whenever you make a head coaching change like this, at the very least you have hope, at least until the season starts, right? That's, that's what you're buying yourself is when you hit that reset button. But to the fans who are wondering why it took so long or the fact it took so long, you know, what does it matter? I mean, that would be my response. What does it matter and why does it matter? Because the when doesn't matter. It's the who. Look look at, I mean, Frank Reich was hired. Anybody tell me what day he was hired? Does anybody care? Last week. D'Amico Ryans, Sean Payton, Shane Steichen. Does it matter when they were hired? Absolutely not. It's just who did you get the right coach for your team? So that's my mini rant. Is that I, I, it does does it matter to maybe Many, that felt pretty long current assistants? Sure, it matters to them. Does it matter to maybe some other assistants around the league or trying to maybe leverage a position to get on with a new head coach and a new staff? Sure, but it, to the fans and for us media types, doesn't matter. Yeah, everybody wants it now. It's a microwave society. I get it. Everyone's impatient now. Now now, give me fifteen seconds or less. You know, TikTok generation, whatever. But it ultimately doesn't matter as to the when. It only matters as to the who. I agree with you. I will say the only thing that, at least right now, kind of makes me feel a little antsy is the fact that the combine is two weeks away. So now time is ticking to get your coaching staff in order 
and to make sure that Jonathan Gannon, to make sure that Monty Awesome for it, everybody is working with the scouting department, with the Cardinals, to make sure that everybody's on the same page of of what does Jonathan Gannon want? What does Monty Austin for? What what kind of players? What kind of, are they looking for? Schemes, things of that nature. That That's where I understand of time, you know, can be a little pressing. But I agree with you. Is it, it And Michael Bidwell had said this. You want to take your time and you want to get it right. And the Cardinals were taking a lot of flack nationally of taking so long to find the right coach and all of these things. And Clearly, they were waiting for a reason. Yeah. So, I, 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 the, I, when it comes to the combine, I will not be stunned if they don't have all their coaching positions filled probably. by then, and that's okay. I really love the idea. Once I started looking at his background, I love the idea he spent three years as a scout. That that to me impacts something because one of the tougher part he said by the way in the interview that the gms love that as well yeah that the interviews he has done over the last couple of years minnesota houston all those gms in the front office love his background as a scout one of the tougher parts of draft prep is aligning what the scouts and the front office see in players and what the what the coaches see and to have a head coach who has an understanding of that dynamic uh, it doesn't make everything always completely smooth but um it, it, it puts you in a better spot. I do hope, I will say this, I do hope they have an offensive coordinator in place by the time they go yeah. into the combine. I'm, I'm interested in that, and we talked about that. I'm sure that's what made all these defensive coaches stand out in the interviews is who would you bring in as your OC? Who's going to coach Kyler Murray? Is anybody familiar with Browns quarterbacks coach Drew Petzing? Because there's one report, in fact it was from a couple days ago, that if Jonathan Gannon lands Arizona job, which once again, our headline tonight, Jonathan Gannon, the new Arizona Cardinals head coach, the 11th in Arizona Cardinals history. One name to watch reportedly, Browns QBs coach Drew Petzing. Uh, I threw this at Drew Stanton, former Browns quarterback, not that long ago. He was not familiar with Petzing because at that time, Petzing was in Minnesota together with Jonathan Gannon at that time. This was two, three, four years ago. At that time when Drew was with the Browns. With the Browns. And so, but there are a couple of reports out there that Petsing would, quote, be a leading name for the OC on Jonathan Gannon's staff. And that obviously is the big question out there with a defensive head coach. And I'm guessing reports will start coming fast and furious as to who might be the offensive coordinator. Because to your point, Danny, there's no way he went into that interview with Monty Asifort and Michael Bidwell without the ability to answer that question. That would have been one of the first questions. What do you have in mind for the offensive side of the ball? Who do you have in mind? And I'm sure it helps that Jonathan Gannon has game planned against Kyler Murray. And so has a pretty probably unique standpoint of how to defend him and what he brings to the table. But that that is the key, building building your staff as a whole, yes. I mean, we're going to get into this later on in the offseason of the needs on offense and defense. And it's not just who's going to be your offensive coordinator. There, there are questions on the defense as well, but – when you're hiring a defensive-minded coach, that OC is pretty important, obviously. And so that is the question is Kyler Murray and and how this offense is also going to look without Kyler Murray to, for however many games he's likely going to miss to start the season. That's a good point, too. Hey, I'm guessing it was a selling point as well if Jonathan Gannon looked Monty and Michael Bidwell in the eye and said, um, yeah, I just spent a couple years with Jalen Hurts. I have a few thoughts on what to do with your quarterback. I have a few thoughts on – best practices, what Kyla Murray can adapt and adopt from what Jalen Hurts did this offseason to go from a pretty good quarterback to second-team All-Pro, that it started with his offseason before they ever got to the regular season. I'm guessing Gannon looked those guys 
in the eye and said, okay, guess what? I'm going to borrow a lot from what the Eagles have been doing, Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni have been doing with Jalen Hurts, and just watch me incorporate it into Kyler's game. Just watch us be that much more unstoppable. And I threw that out to Drew Stanton, and his response was, okay, but the first thing you have to do is convince Kyler to get under center more because Jalen Hurts obviously does a lot of that. So we'll see. We'll see if that sort of evolution towards that type of Eagles offense comes to be in the AZ. Are you telling me the Cardinals QB sneak could become what the Eagles was? Get ready for the rugby scrum I'm ready, on fourth Paul. and one. I yeah. mean, we got we got a big, big difference physically between Okay, Darren, let's Hurts just have Kyle a little Murray. fun for once. I'm, I'm sorry. No, fun. no, no, you're Get not allowed in. to have any fun. Actually, it's funny you bring that up, though. <laughs> not the fun part, but on the two-point conversion in the Super Bowl, I, I was watching a replay of that. I still am not sure how the Chiefs didn't stop Jalen Hurts from getting in the end zone. There were like two tacklers like a no. yard out, and he no. still managed to get in. Because Jalen Hurts squats 600 pounds, that's why. That's how he got into the end zone. Second only to Paul Calvisi. <laughs> uh, these young kids today, by the way, when I go into the gym, does anybody work legs in here? That's what I want to shout out to all these teenagers and 20-somethings. You notice, everyone, that all the leg machines are wide open. Hello? You ever notice that when you go to the gym, nobody's working legs? Everybody's just trying to get their swole on in the upper body, and then they're looking in the, they're looking in the mirror and trying to take video. That's what they're doing over there. Was that a rant, too? I'm sorry. No, that, that was a mini that rant. That was a rant. That was a oh, mini rant. Yeah, the other was one was rant. a regular rant. Okay, all right. Uh, by, okay, here's my third rant since these things happen oh, in threes. You geez. ready for this one? Okay. Everyone speaking to the Super Bowl and Jonathan Gannon, who's saying, oh, geez, you know what? He's not qualified based on the second half. Um... Would you guys take Kyle Shanahan as a head coach? Because do you know what happened in his last game as a coordinator before he was named the Niners head coach? Something called the Super Bowl and a blown 28-3 lead against New England in the second half. Yeah, Matt Patricia lost the Super Bowl to the Eagles the first time they won it around in recent history. And the very next day he was named Lions head coach. Now, that didn't work out so well, obviously, in Detroit. But, uh, I mean, are you dealing with some of that? On Twitter, Darren, and in the mailbag, I know you've been busy today, but have you seen some of that? Well, why would you take yeah. that coordinator coming off that second half? Because there are a lot of Eagles fans are saying, guess what? You can have them, yeah. to which Nick Sirianni has already responded pretty vociferously and said, you know, you guys got to be kidding. Yeah. Well, I do think there's a segment of the fans that don't love what happened on Sunday. I, you know, I think taking one game – and saying, okay, the, all the rest of it doesn't matter, that, that's a little concerning. And you can't sit here and say, and I've, I saw this from a Philadelphia fan, well, they, were, they had 70 sacks and they were second in the league in overall defense only to the 49ers and they've been great and they were a top 10 defense the last two. Yeah, but that's because of the personnel. You, you, can't, you don't get to say when they're doing well, it's all the players, and when they do poorly, it's because of the coach. It doesn't work that way. I mean, you, yeah. you can, you're yeah. just wrong. And so, I, and and the other thing too is again, how we don't know how hands-on Jonathan Gannon is going to be with the defense. We talk about who the, he's going to hire as offensive coordinator. Let's see who he has as his defensive coordinator too. You know, Nick Sirianni was letting Shane Steichen call the plays, if I'm not mistaken. Even though uh, Nick true. Sirianni is an offensive guy, he became more of the overseer. If Jonathan Gannon becomes more of the overseer, then it's going to be up to the defensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, we'll, is we'll there any see. reason to think it wouldn't be Vance Joseph? Because Lou Anarumo and Vance Joseph had the relationship from their days Correct. together in Miami. Correct. 
Vance Joseph still under contract, at least as of this recording, Cardinals Underground, and we haven't heard otherwise. I mean, to your point, that would make sense. If he goes the Nick Sirianni route and he's a CEO and he delegates the play calling to his defensive coordinator, I think it's plausible. It's plausible. We're going we're gonna to find out. Well, I mean, we're going to be able to ask on Thursday because I'm sure one of the first questions being asked at that press conference, God, I hope it's not about the Super Bowl, but I hope it's what are your plans at offensive coordinator and what are your plans at defensive coordinator? You should take the first question. I'll do what I can. You know what? You won't have to. I'm going to make a prediction right here because Gannon did not talk to the media after the Super Bowl. A lot of the Philly media is still raw about that. I'm guessing somebody flies in from the Philly media contingent. I mean, it is Philly. And attends just to ask questions about the second half of the Super Bowl that they did not get a chance to pose on Sunday night. It's a prediction. We'll see. We'll see who's in attendance. Very interesting. Maybe there's a Philly media member who decided to make a vacation out of Arizona after the Super Bowl, and they're still here anyways. I want to remind you, Paul, not to make the same mistake from when we had the press conference. Either I don't remember Uh if it was either when Michael Bidwell announced that Mm. Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury had been relieved of their duties, or it was the hiring of Monty Austin for it. Oh, it was was the one with Michael Bidwell um, five weeks ago when you forgot to reserve a seat and oh, so yeah, you were standing in the back because it was very crowded. Yeah. This is your reminder. Yeah. That was a rookie to, move. To save a seat. We'll be yeah. in the big room. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, you know what? I might be having to save uh, Craig Grillo on air. So uh, we'll see. That oh, might. come so if you on. See me Don't do Craig again, like that. I'm going to uh, blame, uh, blame Grillo on that one. So I'm looking here at what else in uh, Gannon's background uh, you guys want to cover. What are the big questions? What are the questions in the press conference? OC. DC, uh, maybe, you know, is conversations with Kyler. I'm guessing those would be the first yes. three questions. What else would you want to know from Jonathan Gannon when he meets the media? Well, I guess what his plan is, what we were just talking about, of calling plays on the defense, being more of the CEO, how he kind of envisions how hands-on he's going to be when it comes to situations like that. Is it too selfish for me to ask about when, when he's going to be practicing and how early <laughs> I can get my stuff done? That's probably not the right Forum, but I, I just think there's going to be questions once he kind of composes his staff that might be too early because I'm really interested of there there are a lot of pending free agents a lot of decisions that need to be made on defense and are you going to be looking for the same type of players in the trenches or are you not are you going to be looking for different types of players because you're going to want to run a different scheme or things of that nature but it's uh, going to be too soon I will say this he's coming from a team and I know this is going to be very uh, this will be excellent for a lot of fans to hear right now. But if you think about who they brought in, they brought in Monty Ossinfort from the Tennessee Titans, and they brought in a coach from the Philadelphia Eagles. And one of the reasons the Eagles got where they were is because their defensive line was hellacious and had a lot of people. And their offensive line has become one of the best in the league. Yep. And, and I think the Titans viewed the same kind of the, – the lines the same kind of way. So that to me says, okay – that's that's probably a direction this team will finally go after many years of not necessarily looking at it that way. I agree. I mean, considering Gannon and the team he just came from, was there a better offensive line? Was there a better defensive front? And then you combine that with Monty Austin for you, right, in the Tennessee days. So if three of their first four picks are on defensive or offensive linemen, not shocked. And I'm talking like the next three drafts. If they're just stocking up on linemen going forward, 
Heck just yeah. to build that sort of that sort that. of advantage. I could see that. Do you see the quote from Shane Steichen when he Shane Steichen when he met the Colts media? And his comment was, what sort of style he's going to run and his offensive philosophy. He said, we're going to throw it to score points, and we're going to run it to win. That was his quote. Okay. We're going to throw it to score points. We're going to run it to win. Okay. And I wonder if... Sounds th- easy enough. That's going to be sort of a similar mantra from, uh, from Jonathan Gannon. We'll see. But look, in this division in particular, right? I mean, you better... You be- and, and I also wonder... To what degree it's going to filter down through the rest of the staff, not just the coaches, but strength training and everything else. I mean, there could be a lot of change. Look at the Eagles' offensive line. They missed three man starts all year. Cardinals missed seeming like 300 starters miss games, and they missed three all season. So I don't know what his formula was for keeping that team healthy, knock on wood. But uh, please bring over those best practices as well. Let's go ahead and answer a question many fans are probably thinking of. Uh, is training camp going to look a little different this year? Yes. I'm guessing that's a definitive yes. I would imagine so, yes. And there were a couple players who, throughout Radio Row last week, Cardinals players were talking to different yeah. national media members, and that was question Isaiah that was Simmons, posed. Yes, to Buda st- Baker. Yes, and it went all the way back to training camp. And they were saying it went back to training camp, or they were saying that they were disappointed we didn't work harder? essentially oh. both okay. that that it seemed like it wasn't necessarily That's, being taken uh, seriously enough no, i'm and okay that you with could, that but like I, you could feel the lack B- of energy buddha said we weren't regular season ready no i know he did and i buddha and, and then isaiah I, isaiah said yeah that you know he he kind of put it on the coaches isaiah of course he did which you know um kind of did a bit of a double take right there i mean if if you feel that strongly then you need to go to the coaches be a leaderly by example Yes. Especially at that point in the camp, he was That's wearing the green dot. how I feel about it. He was calling the defense at that point. You know, again, we're talking about, and now we're going back to the old coach, but we're talking about a guy who Cliff Kingsbury said, I trust that you guys are going to be professional. And yep. we can blame the coach for taking that tact. But at what point do the players take some of that responsibility saying, okay, maybe he should have been harder on us, but in the ultimately in the end, you, the, it was the players that let him down. He was trying to give you guys the way to do it, and you didn't do it. But, you know, the other quote from uh, Sirianni during Super Bowl week where he said, I really believe in Jonathan Gannon, and I have so much confidence and faith in him. I think he'd be a great head football coach. He has all the intangibles and all the qualities that you need. I think he's more than ready. So. Thought that was intriguing because once again to come full circle here on Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. I don't necessarily care as much about the X's and the O's in the schemes. It's how is he going to lead? What sort of culture is he going to install? What is the attitude in training camp? To your point, Danny, those are the things. And you also are going to get a greater look at it in the offseason because as a new head coach, you get that extra week, do you not? In April, don't you get to start a week earlier? You get extra time out on the field, right? Yes, very excited to have more stuff to do this offseason that hasn't let up yet. Was that sarcastic, Darren? Yeah, it was sarcastic. That, that was, was hard very, to tell. Really? I just let it hang a little bit. Yeah, I'm working very hard there over there, Danny. you got to know my sarcasm when it comes out. It was a joke, Darren. I was being facetious. I, we, should, we should plug, though, that Jonathan Gannon's having his introductory press conference Thursday morning, so listeners, you can live stream it on our official YouTube channel or Twitter at AZ Cardinals. 
Any other takeaways, Darren? I'm looking at the, uh, you know, your story and there's the quotes in here and everything. I mean, any other takeaways? Any other quotes you didn't throw in that you no, thought maybe was, they were interesting? Was, they were quick. They were quick little interviews, which normally happen on the day when he gets named, and it's it's just a handful of us. The the real the the, the answers most people are going to want those aren't going to come until press conference day, or whenever. And um, you know, this is this is what this off season is going to be about. This off season, and I've. <laughs> I've done it many times before, whether it was, well, we knew Dave McGinnis a little bit, but uh, whether it was Denny Green or Ken Wisenhunt or Bruce Arians or Steve Wilkes or Cliff Kingsbury, this is what this first offseason is about, is getting to know the coach, getting to know how he wants to operate. Um, and in this case, we'll also have a GM that we get to learn a little bit about. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I like going to the combine every year. I'm very excited to go to the combine. Why? Because I'll be there. Well, that's that. That's a given, Danny. Obviously, but the other part would be just, you know, getting. I get a chance to know a GM that I don't know and a coach I don't know, and to talk about a, the third overall pick, which, you know, when it's during the season, kind of sucks when you're in that position. But this time of year, that's kind of cool to to write about and talk about. Um. And, and you will get a chance to to interact with Gannon and Monty mm-hmm. Austin-Fort, right? Yes. And I tell you, you guys can agree or disagree, and I know you will, but, I mean, Monty Austin-Fort, he, he's been all over the building so far. You run into that guy a lot. He has been on the move. So without knowing anything about anything going on, just based on from the outside looking in, I mean, you talk about energy. They're, they've definitely hit the reset button in that department, including the new GM who has been on the move. So... I, I am curious. Be, I'm, I'm really curious to see how he views the roster. What we all just witnessed firsthand. What does he see when he goes back through the film? And what moves will be made? What sort of conclusions will they reach? I, I, can, I can say this, and I don't think I'm revealing a whole lot, but um, I do know that there's, there's a handful of meetings that normally take place much later in the offseason, and he moved them up a few months to, like, right now. Wow. And so I, I think like this is front burner stuff. I we need to talk about this Monty now. Monty Fort is uh, is definitely putting in high gear the the draft and the personnel side of all of it to to I'm sure to get to understand where they need this roster to go and, and the direction they're going to go is it moving that kind of stuff up. Well, you know what? You know what Darren needs, Danny, is a reminder that Monty Ford in how many years in the Patriots organization? Like 15 or so, right? Was I don't it? think. What, was it 15? Quite a few. Anyway, we know Coach Belichick and his mantra, no days off. Mm. You know, start the chant over there, no days off, because uh, I'm, I'm just getting a sense that's going to be Darren's off season. No days off. That's I, the way this thing's going to evolve. I don't, I don't really need evolve. a chant to remind me, unfortunately. Darren, can you confirm... Uh, with the breaking news that Derek Carr has been released from the Raiders, that he will not be the Cardinals quarterback. I, yes, I, can you I feel, confirm I, or deny? I, I can. I feel fairly confident in saying Derek Carr will not be coming to the cool. Cardinals. Cool. That book is closed. <laughs> okay. All right. Put away. I didn't really know that book was open. To be I just with wanted you. to get ahead of it, Paul. Okay. All right. I'm trying to help Darren out on Twitter. Okay. Trying right. to help him out. Hey, we all, all remember right. Bruce Arians saying how much he didn't want Derek Carr when he was here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. All right, well, a uh, little preventative measures on the mailbag, exactly. Darren. You're doing him a solid. Well, Darren, you were at the game, but Paul, watching the Super Bowl, I have to ask riveting question. Oh boy, did any commercial stick out to you? I feel like not so much this year. This to is me. a loaded question. Oh, is it? At least she didn't ask you if you thought Rihanna was pregnant. 
Which quite? Let's see. Well, you know, uh, I was told to shut up multiple times during the halftime show by the wife. Um, yep. She, yeah, she showed up until for that. it's until it's confirmed. It was a really good halftime yep. show. It was. It was. Really no, good. it was really well done. Uh, really well done. Uh, as for commercials that stood out, that's a really good question. I will say, as a Chris Stapleton guy, I love the national anthem. I will say that. Uh, unfortunately, in my household, it's loud enough where I don't hear a lot of the commercials or the broadcast. I, I see it, but I don't really hear a lot of it. So I apologize for not being more prepared to That's answer okay. that None question. None of them really stood out to me. You sure? Nothing? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Why? <laughs> Were you, I feel like I feel were like there's you in one. one Danny? No, no. I, 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 I thought you were like, leading me in a direction to have some sort of answer here. No, I feel like maybe okay. you have a favorite commercial, but you don't want to say it because it's a no, competing not, sponsor or something. Oh no, no, not necessarily. Um, no, the whole Snoop and Martha Stewart dynamic, I find that uh, interesting. Like they've been in commercials well, together before, while. right? I mean, yeah, yeah, years. Like how are those two good friends? That's, that's sort of it's unusual. So um, that was intriguing. Oh, I'll to give you one. The Breaking Bad one with the People chips. People love that one. The popcorners. That was well done. And Tuco, the, the the villain, the guy <laughs> with his reaction, because that's straight out of the show. If you're a Breaking Bad I've fan, you get that, that immediately. Darren, there's your off-season initiative right, right there. Come right on there. now. Start streaming. I've, I've heard people say that. Start Jim Omohondo told me to do that many, yeah. many years ago. That'll do it, pending the uh, press conference, and then we might have a very special edition of Cardinals Underground yes. maybe later in the week. I think that's the hope. Okay. Here we I know go. everybody's very excited. All brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.